Welcome to the Ask Dr. Chad podcast. My name is Dr. Chad Woodard, cultivator of people, speaker, performance coach, entrepreneur, and endurance athlete. Bringing you content to optimize your health, forge the leadership skills you need, and to unlock your true potential. Thank you for joining me today. Now, let's start asking questions. What in your life is worth fighting for? I'm the worst boss ever, by the way. Um, In an interview, literally first time I meet somebody, interviews are supposed to go, please tell me about a time where you faced adversity in the workplace and describe your mechanism to face the adversity, but also develop a plan of action to coordinate the efforts to, uh, I don't know, some nonsense. And then the person being interviewed is supposed to say things like, oh, I'm so glad you asked. Well, there was a time where I did face adversity and I developed a communication plan across all departments so that we could... Ugh, interviews suck. No, that's not really how I do interviews. I probably, I mean, if I ever had an HR department, I'm sure they would just run from the building. But... (laughs) Here's here's what I say. Here's what I say in an interview, and now what I say to you. Picture this. It's a funeral. You been to funerals? Class, uh, pretty classic funeral scene. There's people there. There's a mix of uh, heaviness in the air. Some people are using humor to deflect the situation. That's usually me. Everyone's gathering, and there you are, but suddenly you realize it's actually your funeral. You're the one that died, and you are just witnessing this funeral from proverbially above. Now, all right, the question then is, what do you want said during your eulogy, and who do you want to say it? Who stands up there and delivers your eulogy, and what do you hope they have to say? Now, I cannot imagine a eulogy that'd be like, that person was a real turd. I mean, caused a lot of suffering and pain, and they weren't very nice, pretty stingy, and um, I didn't really care for them. Anyway, there's a buffet at two o'clock, so see you all there. Like, no, and eulogies are never that way. Eulogies are always nice. Well, this person really did these nice things, and we all really think fondly of them. And to be, if I'm going to be really honest, you ever been to a funeral where you're like, hmm, you're stretching here. That person wasn't all that nice. In fact, most of us in in this room Didn't really like them. That's not nice, Chad. Don't say that. But it's true. And you know it, too. You've been to that funeral. Like, all right, I'm going to sit here because it's what I feel like I have to do. But okay, let's make ourselves think about something nice. But really, that person was a son of a bitch. (laughs) So all eulogies are nice. Let's get serious. When you die, your eulogy will be nice. It's just customary. But what do you really want 
to be believed at your eulogy? What do you want this person to say? We gather here today to celebrate the life of you. And here's what we want to remember. Here's what they did. Here's what they gave. Here's what they served. Here's the legacy that they leave behind. Here is everything that we want to immortalize forever in this speech. Go ahead. Think about it. Pause this if you need to. It's a heavy fucking question. What do I want said? Okay. I want, I want them to say that I was this kind of person. Um, I want them to say I did these kinds of things. I want them to say this was my legacy. These are the true memories. I don't want them to have to bullshit all of that because it's the nice thing to do. I really want them to say that and I want the audience, I want the people gathered there to be like, yeah, that's true. I know that to be true because I myself witnessed it. And I want them to all like nod their heads and look around and be like, yeah, that guy was pretty great. Question now, today, today, are you living your life to make sure that you're one day closer to that speech? The actions that you're taking today, the choices you're making today, are they leading you to that speech or are they leading you to another path where that speech is going to have to be partially fiction? Jesus. So intense. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just who I am. I just, I can't be nice. I, I just, it's in my nature to ask these awful questions to people because it makes us think. Holy crap. I don't know. I mean, right now, real time, it's 930 in the morning. Have I done what I really mean to do? Have I fulfilled my purpose of my life? this morning so that when I die someday, somebody will say, Chad did these things. I don't know, I just had some coffee, calm down. I just, I'm working on it, I'm doing my best. <laughs> Good question, huh? So legitimately, I do ask that question uh, to an interviewee and it's, it's always a lovely, lovely exchange because they're like, what? Who is this person? Why? I just want a job. Hey, mister, calm down with the death questions, okay? I, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. So now, forevermore, if you and I are ever in an interview situation, that's the question to prepare for. I don't care about a time that you solve the communication issue. I want to know what you want to do with yourself. What's your life about? What do you want said at your funeral? Whew. And the questions just get worse from there. But the purpose of this episode is to talk about what is our purpose? What is our mission? What legacy do we want to leave behind? That's different for everybody, I hope. Me personally, my superpower is I'm an empath. And what that means is if you and I meet, let's say we're total strangers, never seen each other, Within just moments of meeting, I don't know how, I don't know why, sometimes it's super annoying, but I just feel you. I feel, ooh, that sounds inappropriate. Um, in a very appropriate way, I feel you. 
I can tell what your emotional state is. I can usually tell if you're lying to me. I can tell if you're upset. I can tell if you're terrified of life and you're just putting on a good face. I can tell if you're mad about something. And God, the better I get to know you, it gets even faster. I can walk into a room at, with people that I know and I, they don't have to say anything. And I just say, ooh, it feels chilly in here. What's going on? Or I say, oh, uh, something up? You feel different. And my people who are closest to me get so annoyed. They're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you just walked in. How do you know something's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. Stop yelling at me. But see, I told you. Now you're yelling at me. That's my superpower. Uh, it used to be awful. It used to cause me all kinds of problems. Now, super useful. So part of my personal purpose, my personal mission, is how can I use that skill set that I've worked on and I've developed for good? My purpose, my mission, what I once said at my funeral is during his life, Chad did everything he could, everything in his power, exhausting all possibilities and resources to help people grow, to cultivate. He did everything that he could to, sometimes, whether it be welcomed or not, hold a mirror up to himself, and to others so they could bear witness to their life, see different possible paths in front of them, and make a conscious, deliberate choice for growth, to live a better life than they would have had they not met him. Welcome to my podcast. That's the point. My mission is to serve. Oh, God, put that on a bumper sticker, right? But it's true. Oh, it's, it's annoying, but it truly is. Like, that's what I want to do with my life. I want to I help people, and I want to help them physically. That's what led me into a career as a physiotherapist. I want to be able to take somebody who has physical limitations or pains or just an inability to live their life because their body won't let them. What amazing work. How cool is that to have a skill set and to have an ability to take somebody who can't participate in their life or in their sports or they can't play with their kids and, and I can basically just guide them along that process and get them back to that. Not a bad day. Loving that. I also love, one of my favorite things, is to mentor. I think back to my young self, 20s, early 20s. And now, for the record, I wouldn't have listened to me back then. But God, if I could go back and I could sit with that kid and be like, Hey, kid, listen, I got about 20 years on you now. 
and I have now two minutes to tell you the most important stuff. How about that, right? Can you picture that? If you could go back to yourself, now depending on your age right now, if you're 20, uh, don't go back that far. But if you're like much past 30 years old, think about going back to yourself five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and you get like two minutes to say, sit down, kid. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know in the next two minutes. What would you say? Oh, man. And then the other question is, would younger you listen? Dang it. That's an annoying question. Younger me would not have listened. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I had very wise people in my life at that time. I didn't listen to them. My grandmother was one. She gave me all kinds of wonderful life advice that I totally ignored. Now I look back and I'm like, ah, crap. She was right. A good friend of mine just once said he had an exchange with his dad. And his dad told him, son, when you get to be 35 years old, only then will you realize how brilliant I am. Well, yeah, that's annoying. But my friend said, God, he was right. And isn't that true? Like so many of us get to this place in our life where we're like, ah, oh, that's what they meant. That's what they were trying to teach me. And I just, I just had to learn it by doing it the hard way, didn't I? I just couldn't listen. I love to be that voice that young people ignore. <laughs> it's just like my favorite thing. I'm like, oh man, I wonder if there's some way, is there something I can say to this young person sitting in front of me that can perhaps spare them from some of the stupid that I did or some of the stupid that I've seen. Like, hey kid, try this thing. And uh, I know that most of the time they ignore me. I've accepted that as my lot in life. I am a professional voice that is to be ignored. And people give me money for that. Well, okay. I'm gonna keep on trying. Really. I will. But I love that process. And I hope the day that I die, there are people sitting in the crowd, the masses, if you will, standing room only is how I picture it. And I hope that there are some, maybe many people there who say, ah, oh, that's what that old guy was trying to say. Hey, that's good advice. It's okay. I mean, please reference all of my quotes in the books that you write, and I, I appreciate that. Otherwise, that's plagiarism and rude. But yeah, that's what I hope. I hope that I, that is said at my funeral. So what do we have so far? I have this weird ability to feel other people's feelings, which both hurts and serves. My purpose is to try to give people advice that they're probably going to ignore until some later point in their life. Fine. Being an entrepreneur. Oh God, I love and hate being an entrepreneur. Hard. There's just this like insatiable need to grow something, to build something, to grow people. Being an entrepreneur is 
is, oh God, I don't know. It's like hypersensualized, if that's even a word. Like people think, ah, oh, to be an entrepreneur, how sexy is that? And I'm going to be so rich and I'm going to just have this amazing company. And, ah, oh, you know, usually doesn't go down like that, which I will cheerfully talk about in a future season. But I do love being an entrepreneur. How annoying, right? But to have an idea, to solve a problem, to grow a team, to have a culture, to stumble through things together, to make, wow, mistakes, but then also, okay, salvation, look, we're pulling out together, and together we are better than we are individually. I just eat that shit up. I do. I love it. It's so good. So I want to build some stuff. I want to grow some things, mostly people. That's what I love about being an entrepreneur is it's such a unique opportunity to grow people, to invest in people, to make them know they are valued, they are cared for, they're important. Love that. I want to be an amazing, the best I can be, husband. Sometimes I am. Most of the time. Whoops. Oh, I'm sorry, dear. I tried. I really did try. I, did. I forgot. Oh, I'm sorry. I, did. I, I, I didn't hear. I wasn't listening. But uh, deeply, though, deeply, I just want to be a great husband. I want to be that kind of husband where there's no doubt of my admiration, my loyalty, my passion, my love, my vulnerability, my support. That guy sounds all right. And when I fail at that, which happens more than I should publicly admit, I want to be the husband that tries harder, that becomes more vulnerable. I want to give back. To whom? Well, I guess lots of people. I don't have children. I don't know that I'll ever have children, but... I can see myself going into this cool uncle role, right? Where, like, there's young people in my life, and I'm the one that gets to give them advice that they'll ignore. That's still true across multiple paradigms, but also to, like, hey, let's go do this amazing thing. Let's go have this experience. And then whenever this young person starts to behave in such a way that I find unacceptable, like if they're crying or... If they get hungry, you know, like all these needy things. I'm like, ooh, listen, our relationship isn't really strong enough for you crying. So I'm going to hit your back at your parents now. It was real fun seeing you. I'll see you in a couple of weeks, but I need a little space. You're a lot. Kids are a lot. I probably won't say it like that. You know, that kids are sensitive and you can't say that they're a lot, but... They know. I know they know. But I want to be the person that finds some ways to give back to younger people. 
either kids, maybe, or nieces or nephews or... Uh, hell, I don't know. I'm old enough that a 20-year-old feels kind of fresh and new, so maybe I'll just hire young people. <laughs> I want to be the kind of boss, the kind of leader that my team looks at just like that. I want to be that kind of leader that my team looks at as somebody who is there for them, who appreciates them. And in the beautiful opportunities that I have had to lead, just like the role of husband, sometimes I got it right. Sometimes I do get it right. Most of the time, I'm tripping over my feet. I'm getting back up, dusting myself off because I just messed it up again. Ah, oh, guys, I'm sorry, I messed it up again. Let's all just acknowledge that I am an idiot and we're gonna keep moving forward. Who's with me? <laughs> if you've ever worked for me, you know that to be true. Not just me being humble. I tend to learn best whenever I mess it all up. But mostly, Mostly what I once said at my funeral is that guy, Chad, boy, he gave a lot of love. He loved freely. He loved strangers. He loved his close community. And he wasn't afraid of that. He didn't shy away from that and he gave of himself. That would make me proud. So my question earlier, think about your own funeral. What do you want said? And then the shittiest question of the entire season is, today, have you lived your life in accordance with that vision? What is worth fighting for? What is your purpose? And if you don't know, get your ass to work. It's okay to not know for sure what the rest of your life is going to look like, for sure what your career is going to be, or how many kids that you'll have, or how many grandkids that you're going to have, or how much money you will have, or will you reach fame or fortune. It's okay to not know those things. In fact, it's expected to not know those things. You can have ambitions, you can have goals and dreams for those things, but at the end of it, you don't know. All you know, all we know is right now. Right now, what am I doing? What do I have? What have I learned? What am I hoping to build? But the past and the present is just, I don't know what's gonna happen next. I didn't know there was gonna be a global pandemic. I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. So what the hell am I gonna sit worrying about it for? That won't serve me. How about the stuff in the past? I don't, a lot's gone on in the past. There's been all kinds of memories and stories and pain and, and gigantic mistakes and beautiful love and passion and all of that has happened. And all of that has led me to right now, 
standing, staring at a microphone, talking to currently nobody, but knowing that people are going to listen. All of that shit, all of these stories, all of this beauty, all of this pain, all of this life has led me to right now. What will happen in 10 minutes? I don't know. But right now, I can say, yeah, I'm doing it. All right. All those things that I want to be, I want to have said about me at my own funeral, I think I th I'm doing my best. Now, this might be the worst podcast in the history of all podcasts. I don't know. But I'm trying. I'm giving it a go. And you're either super loyal to me, so you've listened now to 12 episodes, or you just have way too much time on your hands and you want to see, you just want to hear what kind of nonsense comes out of my mouth next. Or perhaps if, <laughs> you know, lightning strikes, you've grown from these first 12 episodes. Nice. I did it. If one in a thousand people listen to this and they're like, hey, those stories were pretty weird and a little too dramatic. And seriously, with the, 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 the bad jokes, the dad jokes have got to go, even if you say all those things. But every now and then you heard a story that helped you grow, made you think, challenged your beliefs, and caused you to act. I want to say to you, Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to serve you. Thank you for listening to my stories, the good ones, the bad ones, and all of the ones in between, to give you what I have to hopefully serve you. That is my passion. That is what I want said. Among all the things, Chad was this person. He did these things. What I hope everybody says is, man, that guy served. He worked to make my life better. That gives me purpose. That pulls me. It draws me to the future I want to build, not the future that's been predestined for me. It makes me so happy. I, I lose my breath. I get emotional thinking of that thinking that I might do something today that can grow another person. What do you want? What in your life is worth fighting for? And today, are you gonna fight? Or are you gonna wait? today.
tell you. I don't have the words for how incredibly grateful and overwhelmed and honored I am that you're currently listening to this sentence, these words, this episode, this podcast. Challenge yourself. Take action. Set intention. And if and when you need to, sail directly into that storm. It's the best advice I've got. The best times in my life, undoubtedly, have been immediately on the other side of that storm. Before sailing in, you look at that storm and you think, I won't make it. I've got to find a way around. My ship is not sturdy. I don't have the skill. Do it anyway. I'm telling you, picture the metaphor. You get on the other side of that storm. The skies open and you have reached paradise. And had you tried to sail around, not only would you not have found it, you would still be on the periphery of that storm. You would still be living it. Just face it. What is the storm in your life that you're not facing? What is the conversation that you haven't had? What is the action you haven't yet taken? What is the promise you've made to yourself over and over that you repeatedly break? Yeah. Me too. I challenge you, I challenge myself to face it. Let's face it together. I love you. I respect you. I'm grateful for you. And I am so excited to bring you season two of this podcast. Please share. Do the subscribe thing if you haven't already. And if these first 12 stories, these first 12 episodes can bring value to somebody else, send it to them. I lay myself out bare in the hopes that it helps you. In the hopes that these stories resonate with you. This is the most vulnerable thing I've ever done in my life. And I don't do it to serve myself, to receive praise. I do it because I hope that some of the stuff that I've been through and some of the experiences that I've had and some of the failures that I've gotten myself up from can somehow serve you. And I thank you. I will see you in season two.